just tell us about your favourite goal you've scored. I've never scored one. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I've just <laughs> development. Arsenal, can you remember that one? Yeah. It was a cross, really. I shouldn't have really said that. Actually. It was a cross, right? Yeah, it went on goal. That was the voice of Sunderland AFC ladies defender Megan Beer, who was joined in the studio by her colleague and midfield maestro Georgie Gibson. This is another very special edition of the Raw podcast, similar to the one we brought to you with ladies defender Charlotte Potts. So sit back and I hope you all enjoy this one. Welcome to Sunderland ladies players Georgie Gibson and Meg Beer. How are you doing? Good, thank you for thank you for coming in and joining us. I know you've got training later. So, Georgia, to you first. I believe you lived in Dubai for ten years. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. And what was that like? And how much football were you able to play? Um, it was great. Uh, probably a good experience. Um, growing up in like around different cultures and in a different country. Um, I'd hundred percent go back out there once I finished uni and that. Uh, playing out there was again great uh, there's a lot of like ex-professionals that set up the academies and stuff so it's very competitive they love playing football so there was always the opportunity to do it and in terms of your career you're studying sport development at Northumbria Uni yeah that's right and the long term aim is to become a PE teacher yeah just put my application in for teaching so we'll see how that comes back but that's the aim so how on earth do you kind of like juggle your educational commitments playing for and training for the uni because you play for the Northumbria team as well um, plus training and playing for Sunderland ladies and have you got a part time job as well? Yeah So how on earth do you, do you juggle all of that? That to me just sounds absolutely mad you must be exhausted all of the time Yeah it's quite hard um, I think you get used to it uh, we were joking on yesterday actually we travelled away to uh, Leeds for uni um, we've all kind of hit a wall you kind of you get knack- like shattered and then you come like you come over and you you just fly in, but you just learn to juggle it. Um, it all fits in somehow. So, with the long term goal of, of becoming a PE teacher, is something is football something you see yourself doing professionally one day? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think when you've put the amount of hours and effort into into doing it for as long as you have, like you, it's got to be an end goal. But you've also in the women's game got to look at something something else yeah so you're kind of thinking thinking of your future as well in terms of maybe life after football as well yeah definitely cool and you've been with Mel Ray Sunderland's uh, manager for those that don't know since your time at college um, that's Gateshead College wasn't it yeah Gateshead. so what's she like to play for because she seems pretty calm on the sidelines to, to <laughs> me is, is she always like that or um uh, that's <laughs> yeah that, Mel's Mel's great. Um, obviously, I've been with her for quite a few years now at college as well, and um, we've always got on. And I just learn a lot from her, and I think I play best like under her, and that's where that's where I want to be. So yeah. And for those that don't know or haven't seen you play, you're a attacking midfielder. You have the number ten on your back. Who would you kind of compare yourself to as as a footballer? If you had to describe yourself to somebody who'd never seen you play, what would you say? Um. <laughs> Tough one. Um, I don't know. Or maybe Meg, you can help out and, and describe how uh, how you describe Georgia. Um, very attacking minded, I think. Um, going forward, you know, she she can't pull the trigger at any point. Um, like against Sheffield when he scored that, 
that banger. She does score some wonder goals, man. Yeah, she does. Um, hard worker. She'll always work back for you. Um, all rounder, really. In the middle there, you can do a bit of both. Of going forward, coming back. Um, got a cheeky worldy ball in her <laughs> as well sometimes. And Meg, you started your career at Newcastle, I believe, but moved to Sunderland. Yeah, uh, I was in the academy at Newcastle uh, with Mel, actually, um, at under-16s. Um, and then after that, went into first team. Uh, went to Gator College as well, under Mel. Um, and then from there, Steph Bannon was in as a, almost like a casual coach at Gateshead as well. Um, could see, not that I wasn't enjoying my football, but was finding it a little bit difficult at Newcastle, you know, there's always there's always politics wherever you go, mm-hmm. um, and kind of mentioned the idea of of going to Sunderland. I'd never thought about it before. Um, then kind of put me in touch with Mick Mulhern, who was who was the manager at the time. Ended up going across there, and kind of loved it ever since. Really. So were you a Newcastle fan growing up? Uh, yeah, I've got two brothers who are mad Newcastle fans oh really so. So what's it like kind of bridging the gap I asked the same question to Charlotte Potts because she's a Newcastle fan as well what's it been like for you um, to be honest it, it's one of those where I'll always kind of have a love for Newcastle growing up yeah, I used course. to go to the games with me with my brothers and stuff like that um, but it's very very nice to see Sunderland men do well as well um, I think there's, there can be room for both of them to be fair there's nothing yeah. I love more than a Sunderland Newcastle derby, and I think a lot of a lot of people miss that as well. Yeah, um, it's definitely a big miss in the northeast, I think. And you mentioned Mick Mulhern there. You played your part in the club's promotion to the top tier of women's football in 2014. So that was a team with Beth Mead, Rachel Furness, and Rachel Laws. What was that like coming through as a, a younger player? Um, I mean, it it was great. Uh, it came up the other day actually on on the memories that it had been so many years since we sealed that promotion. Um, and it was probably one of my best memories in football. It was a really good squad that year. Um, we had a really good bond, and I think a lot of people kind of not not didn't think we could do it, but there was a lot of a lot of people that kind of in the shadows weren't our biggest supporters. To be fair, um, but the likes of playing with, with Beth and stuff like that. I mean, they're all doing great now. Obviously, Fernie's went to Tottenham. Lawsy's at Redden. Um, Beth's obviously down at Arsenal. Uh, still speak to Beth quite often. We're planning a little Christmas reunion when she comes up. But it's, nice. it's obviously keeping in touch with them all. Um, still see Steph Bannon, Kelly Mark. Um, so, yeah. And is it a, a long-term aim of yours to get back to that level one day? Because obviously these people are your friends that are playing at a high level. There must be a, a kind of a little bit of regret in there from, from you that you're not at that level at the moment. Um, it, well, yeah, it is one of those things. Um, I often think I'm 26 now um, and I think, oh, have I, have I gone past it of, of going back to that level? And then I think of the likes of there were some players who came to us when we went into WSL1 who had been released from clubs and they were around the age of 26 um, so I do think it's it's all in your mind really I've certainly got a good feeling about being at this club still um, with the potential of reaching those levels again um, so it, it is still an aim of mine um, but we'll see how that one turns out And, and for those kind of Sunderland ladies fans that maybe haven't been down but follow the club how would you describe your, your playing style in comparison to maybe your peers at the club or, or, a, or a player in worldwide football I'd like to say I'm, I'm calm I don't know, Georgia, would you agree or would you say I'm uh, Yeah, very calm on the ball. Uh, just play football, you keep it down. 
Yeah. I'd like to see how... I'd, I like to think I'm calm. Um, <laughs> I tend to try and do whatever Mel, Mel wants me to do, really. Um, but again, I think having the players that we do have around us this year, I think we've got quite a strong squad. So that makes it a lot easier to kind of be calm on the ball. Yeah, yeah, with Potsy in defence as well. She's obviously quite calm and Kira's obviously a bit of a calming influence as well. It must be nice to play with those those types of players who you'll have played for played with for a long time. Yeah, I mean, obviously Potty Potty's very, very calm. You've got Grace who's extremely calm. Mm. You've then got Molly Lambert in the middle who you're very reliant on in terms of she's she is calm but you know she's always gonna be there like Georgia, she can go back and forwards. Um then further on up you've got Kira. So it, I feel like this year we've got calm, strong players kind of everywhere on the pitch. Yeah. Um, even further up top, you've got the likes of Bridget. Um, so, yeah, it is nice having a, a good group this year, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the one thing I always think when I watch the ladies' team is that the likes of Georgie herself and and Ramshaw and players like Katie Barker and Ferruja and Lambert is they all want the ball that must be that must be really nice when, you, when you're getting your head up and, and you're looking around and there's so many options yeah it is I mean they, they all do want the ball um, which again is, is something that we didn't necessarily have a lot of last year um, but I think we've got an abundance this year everyone wants it everyone not only wants it but wants to do something with it as well um, which is, is really helpful to have when you're a defender and is that something Mel really pushes that 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 need for the midfielders to to get the foot on the ball. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we do a lot in training. Like she wants us to play football, get the ball down, pass it, get on it, move, and and I think the more confident and the better we get at it um, as the games go on. Obviously, we're getting the results, so I think everyone's just we keep growing as a team and getting closer, and we want to play football f- like for each other as well as with each other. So. And what's, really well. what's training like under Mel? Is it, is it quite fun? Is she quite strict? Or is it a bit of a laugh? Because obviously it must have to be fun, especially for you having such a busy schedule. You wouldn't do it unless you unless it was uh, fun to do. Yeah, I mean, there's the, there's a right balance. Um, obviously when you turn up, you know, you've got to go, you do the drills, do what she's asking you to do. But then we do we do have moments and times where we'll, we'll have like short-sided games at the end or whatever, and it'll get, it'll get funny, people hitting the balls off each other and stuff like that so you know we've got the right balance and everyone's always in a good good mood and works well and there seems to be a, a bit of banter flying around the club as well it seems to be a, a really nice atmosphere obviously you've got the uh, the inside joke with Bridget is the goat I don't know do, do we want to keep that mystery going or, or does one of you care to explain I, I know the story but I've had a, a few questions from um, from punters online who are who are perplexed by it Um. I mean, Bridget is a great player. She's a she likes to score goals, but yeah, Mel Mel likes to call her the goat. And the funny part was Bridget didn't actually know what the goat meant. <laughs> um, so everyone kept going along with it. She was going, "Yeah, I'm the goat. I'm the goat." <laughs> and everyone's like, "Yeah, you're the goat, Bridget." And she actually realised what it meant. She was like, "Oh, right." Yeah. <laughs> so I think she knows people are actually taking the mick now. But, but she's kind of Mel's favourite, and that's why she was. <laughs> that's why she was given the name. Is that is that a fair assumption? Oh yeah, she's definitely the favourite. Oh, she's hundred percent favourite. If we always do drills, you know who's going to start with the ball. <laughs> but she scores goals, though, doesn't she? So yeah. Um, and Meg, just back to you. You tried your hand abroad with spells or short spells in Iceland and Cyprus. Um, 
and then you took some time out the game so what was that like what were your experiences around traveling out there and, and why did you take the decision to take some time out uh the time out was originally before before any of the let's use the word short traveling <laughs> um so i took time out after i believe it was the the start of the season with the spring series um i stopped kind of stopped then um wanted to kind of find a pathway of a career almost um missed the game um so i thought right let's see what kind of happens with it all uh hilda who was used to be the goalkeeper for we was out in cyprus and had mentioned they were looking for for some defenders so i thought it was one of those kind of why not moments mm. i do have a lot of those <laughs> not so many now and how long were you in cyprus for um it was a it was a short turnaround let's just let's put it that way um <laughs> but yeah so ended up coming from that back from that very quickly um and then kind of back in uh i think it was when obviously when we got came out of the super league um, and we got put in the, the third tier where we are now. That was when I had a conversation with Mel about potentially stepping back in. Um, step back in. And then the opportunity came up this summer, just gone to go to Iceland. Um, I lasted a lot longer in Iceland than I did in Cyprus, but still <laughs> not long in the grand scheme of things. Um, in terms of how I found it, I think you, you think in your head's kind of language barriers and stuff like that aren't going to be a big deal you get out there and they are quite a big deal yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. you do find it quite difficult um, in Iceland I found slotting into a into a team I don't I would say I'm quite easy going to get along with people yeah. um, I don't find it hard to chat to people but out there obviously it's a completely different language completely different culture I found it a bit tricky to kind of slide into a team yeah, even yeah. just socially mm -hmm. um emma kelly was out there at the time as well so that was that was a big help for me having emma um i was probably i was a little shadow while i was out there um the plan was always to go out there for summer more of a kind of get fit um well get fitter kind of thing and come back and go back to sunland um it just so happened that i came back a lot earlier than planned mm -hmm. and just went straight back pre-season with the girls um, which I, th I think in the grand scheme of things is probably probably better for us. We had a, I'd say we had a really good pre-season this year because um, obviously last year we had about was it two weeks. Yeah, if that it was literally the, the smallest pre-season I've ever witnessed. Um, so we had a lot of time. We went through a lot of stuff this pre-season. I think that's probably been the, the key to our success starting the league. Mm. Um, we've all knew kind of what the aims were from... Well, to be fair, even before pre-season, we knew what the aims were, um, but they've been implemented kind of every step of the way. So I think that's been and, a success. And that point really underlines how well this squad did last season. Two, two weeks pre-season, difficult circumstances. You know, the club was didn't really know what was happening on the ladies' side, and yeah. you've been passed around pillar to post and had a fantastic season and played some brilliant football and, and narrowly missed out on promotion. That must have been nice to be a part of. I mean, it it was great for me. I think as soon as that that league finished, it was kind of disappointment we hadn't gone up. But looking back on that now, I think it was probably best for us that we didn't go up. Um, in terms of we played some great football last year. We obviously that was us starting to build a squad. Now we've built an even stronger squad, um, and we're absolutely flying. I think in the grand scheme of things, um, it was probably. It probably worked out well for us. Would you Would you agree? Or uh, yeah, definitely. I think 
um, it's like recognizing what position we actually were at the end of last season. Yeah. And it was, and we now know exactly what we need to do, the right, the right way to get there, and everything. So, is it kind of difficult to deal with that expectation that's that that comes with playing for Sunderland? Obviously, people you know expect a team that's gone from the top division down to the third to, to come straight back up, maybe unaware of the problems that the club had and the players that have left. How easy or hard is it to deal with that sort of expectation that maybe the, the somebody who isn't as involved in Sunderland doesn't see? Um, I mean, I think no matter what league we're in, who we've got, I think there's always going to be an expectation. Um, but to be honest, I mean, last year it was kind of... We didn't even know what to expect. We'd had two weeks, we were scrambling to get a squad together. It wasn't a case of we had a group of players, we were waiting to see what happened. It wasn't even that that good. It was mm. We were waiting to see what happened whilst trying to find players. Um, the majority of players left. We had literally, like, first team-wise, we had Kira, who stayed, and Molly, yeah. and that yeah. was pretty much pretty it. Um, in terms of feeling expectations this year... Personally, I don't know what you're like, but personally, I don't really, I don't really think about it. Mm-hmm. All I think is week by week, it's what opportunity to climb and what opportunity to get those extra three points. Um, and I think that's what is working for us this year, taking everything step by step and not getting ahead of ourselves um, and just focusing on on each game. Yeah. And you mentioned that as well, Sunderland are undefeated in all competitions and sit at the top of the Women's National League North and defeated Stoke last weekend as well, who are title challengers. So everything seems to be going uh, to be going very well at the moment. You could end up with a, I don't want to put too much pressure on, but you could end up with a Sunderland Invincibles like Arsenal 2004. <laughs> um, I mean, we have had a great start this year. Um, I think that's what we were missing last year. We had a bit of a bit of a rocky start we've had some really tough games already in terms of filed away um, that was one we had to grind out um, personally I think last season we would have we would have lost that game last season um, whereas this season I feel like we're a lot mentally tougher as a squad we're a lot we're a lot harder to break down so we've had the likes of filed we've had Stoke um, which was you obviously I didn't play that game but Georgia played it looked like a tough game I mean how did you yeah, um, I think it's one of those where I think because we've had that pre-season and we know each other a lot better this season and stuff, um, you just know each other better on the pitch. Uh, so like last season where you're getting plays together and you're potentially playing with someone you've never played before and that whole relationship this season has just been so much stronger. And like for, So against Stoke, you're winning 2-0 against somebody who's contending for the, like the top of the table as well. Like We've seen it out and done well because we'll want to play for each other and yeah. we'll want to do well and and, yeah. and it, relatively as well it's an extremely young squad you've got Jessica Brown who's 16 Neve Heron 16 Potsy's 25 Ramshaw's 24 Farouge is 18 Katie Barker's 18 um, Louise Griffiths is 20 Bridget Galloway's 20 Molly Lambert's 21 Meg you're 26 and yep. Georgie you're 20 21 21 so Grace McCatty's the oldest of 30 so that's <laughs> so it shouldn't be understated how much of a an impressive achievement is it is for this team to be doing so well. I mean, in terms of, of age, we do have a, a relatively young squad. Um, we've got a lot of girls who are obviously, like Georgia at uni, juggling quite a lot. Um, and you've also got, obviously, the likes of Neve and Jekka who are only just starting, really, in terms of what is to come from them. 
Um, me personally, you couldn't ask any more from from the younger girls in the squad, the likes of Jagger and Eve. I mean, the I want I want to say down to earth. They, they don't they never get ahead of themselves. They're both yeah. flying, and they never ever get ahead of themselves, which is which is so nice to to be around. Um, they're both really eager to learn, um, and they're generally both really really nice girls aren't they yeah absolutely I think as well like when you look at Neve's reaction from a second goal on Sunday like she can't believe she's scored like yeah, she doesn't expect funny. herself <laughs> to go on and score or win as a game or anything like they just take the like each game as it comes and every opportunity they get and and they're both taking them taking them well and yeah. they're doing really well I mean I'm yeah. not really supposed to say this but you know if you're listening pause the podcast and find Jessica Brown's goal against Newcastle at the Stadium of Light on YouTube and find the highlights from Sunderland's win at Stoke and Neve Heron scores two absolute worldies, two 16-year-olds, a left-back and a right-back. Just how far can they go in the game? I think all the way, to be honest. Um, they're 16 years old. Jack has already kind of in, in the England setup. Neve's had a bit of time in and out of there. Um, and they're both, both playing for a club who who really wants to secure promotion and go up into that more competitive league and it's it's a case of I had a chat with Neve actually on the bus the other week about it and the world is at their feet at that age um, there's so many opportunities now in women's football and I do think it's a big help that they are at Gateshead with Mel because um, obviously she can monitor their recovery stuff like that um, it, it's, it's really I think they could go all the way and I think they both want to do that, so you've heard it here first. They've gone all the way. <laughs> Future England stars, maybe. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They, they want it. You can tell they want it, but they know, they know they've got more, like work to get there. They're not ahead of themselves. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. And, yeah, obviously you mentioned the age of them, the two 16-year-olds. You're both established, kind of older pros, relatively. What's it like having two youngsters coming through does it like put you on your toes does it does it make you kind of sit up and think oh if, if the youngsters are coming through and they're that good then I need to up my game um, I don't know I don't think I think we've all got a lot of respect for each other and I think when we're like when Mel puts a team out or you're in training you don't kind of look over and think hang on a minute they're 16 like I'm 21 what are they playing over me or whatever I think you just kind of think like amazing they're doing great deserve to play I think everyone's like equal while we're at training and I think you kind of look at everybody in the same way regardless of whether they've played for England or they haven't or we just want everyone to do well or as well as yourself Would you agree with that? I think the thing this year is is, is as well it's it's a complete squad effort um, there's not been a case of it's been the same team week in week out um, you've got a lot of different players with it that bring a lot of different kind of skills and attributes to the team um, whether it be kind of scatty, sorry, Grace, Grace. <laughs> what, Grace. What, what is the story behind the uh, behind the scatty nickname? I, I, I don't think there is one. I think I just called her it once. It's just <laughs> an abbreviation stuck. of McCatty, I think. Yeah, yeah. I just it kind of stuck. I always shout scatty. I don't know. She probably really doesn't like it. I probably <laughs> it's, not, it's not the most kind of like. <laughs> doesn't sound great, yeah, does it? Sound <laughs> like it? <laughs> um, you've got the likes of Grace, obviously, who who's got abundance of experience. She played Bristol, Durham. Um, she she knows a lot about the women's game. Um, you've then you've got the young girls who obviously bring absolute an abundance of stuff in terms of although they're they're not overconfident, they're not afraid to try anything. Like 
like they'll pull the tr- like Neve for example pull the trigger from from however far out she was like that that is a big thing to do. Um, you've got the likes of the girls who are at uni who have got obviously the experience of of well some experience of WSL um, and obviously playing in the box league which which is pretty tough as well. Um, I think in general this year everybody has something to bring to the table yeah definitely I think as well what's important is it's not just on the pitch it's like on the on the away bus like we've had a lot of away games and it does get draining and hard work especially like when we're travelling for uni through the week as well and you rely on sometimes like Neve being cheeky on the bus on the way back you've got 10 yeah. minutes till you're back at the stadium and she's trapping yeah. people in the toilet finding it hilarious and I think <laughs> so it is it's like you need something like that to pick you up and keep you going for for the rest of the journey and stuff. Yeah, I think I think everyone kind of, I think the the key to this season is everyone plays their part, whether it be on or off the field. Um, I think everyone kind of motivates each other as well. Yeah, definitely. And you you mentioned there the kind of the top league in women's football. You've both got experience in that. What's I'm curious as to the difference between the standard in, in the top league and and where Sunderland are now. Um, I think the obvious difference is obviously the teams. You've obviously got the likes of Chelsea in the top. Um, in terms of kind of preparation, for me, we keep the same prep. Um, it's not that because we're in a lower league, our standards have changed. We've the good thing with Mel is she is very very keen on high standards because in order to reach the top, I think you you've got, you have to prepare like you're already at the top. Um, and Mel is very good for kind of keeping more like that. Um, in terms of of the differences, it, generally for me, it's just it's just the players you're playing against. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I'd, I'd say we prep, like how we did in when we'd go to WSL one games. Um, but yeah, yeah. Would you agree, Jordan? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I wasn't much experience with what I got, but I think what I learned was just. Um, obviously actually on the pitch and stuff like just the pace the strength and and that type of thing but it's obviously the, you're looking at the clubs like Man City Chelsea Arsenal and the amount of support and and stuff that they've got around them and hopefully we can get up there and get all of that same support you talked as well about the uh, the group dynamic and it kind of lowered the tone of the podcast a little bit and and uh approach a bit of a sad note Courtney Stewart unfortunately left the club due to medical reasons uh, for those that don't know, she had a kind of funny episode against Fylde last season and then Barnsley again this season. I mean, she's such a, a bubbly, nice character. What was that like as a group and, and how did you deal with that? Because it must have been gutting for, for Courtney. Uh, it was awful to see from the start, from that from that first Fylde game. Um, right the way through, it's not kind of a thing that's happened once or twice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been about five or six times. Yeah. Uh, not just at games, through training. Um and it's it's really tough on on Courtney, um, as well as kind of the whole squad. Like everyone sees it, um, but in terms of Courtney, kind of kind of leaving, I think she knew it was the best best decision. First of all, her health is is most important. Um, by no means does it mean she's not a member of the squad. She's coming to the Christmas meal. Um, yeah. She's still in regular contact. She's still in my group WhatsApp, isn't she? Yeah. Um, I was chatting to her yesterday actually. Um, she's waiting on kind of test results and stuff like that. And it is tough. I think it's not only tough for, for players as well as Courtney, but it's tough for management as well. Um, it's just 
like I said, first and foremost, it's it's our health that comes first. And obviously it is very sad and she, she is a character um, yeah. that will be, well, I'm saying will be missed, but she's still kind of within the group. It's mm-hmm. not that she's she's gone from the group now. She's she's still very much a part of the team. Yeah, definitely. She was she's very invested in football. She loves it. I mean, she I think she'd always be first to training. Yeah. Like, you'd walk in the change room, you know, uh, Courtney would be sat there. And <laughs> I think that's the but one of the most saddest part like she's young she's got a, a lot ahead of her but it doesn't mean that she can't be involved in the game and and still at the club like still regular contact she'll still be around and mm. but that was the scary thing wasn't it because i believe i think mark the media manager was telling us that the first initial tests after filed they couldn't throw anything up and they couldn't work out what had happened so that really is quite scary isn't it for from a teammate's perspective and you know looking at your friend as well you don't want to you don't want it to endanger yourself Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I think that's been the issue throughout the whole. The whole it's been going on for about a year now, probably. Um, but the 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 most worrying and kind of unsettling thing is no one. They couldn't figure out what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, they put it down to one thing, and obviously it happened again. They put it down to something else. It then happened again. Um, and Georgia hit the nail on the head there. She's still very young. Um, she's a great player. Um, who I do think still possesses a lot of potential. And it, by no means do I think her spell in the game is over. It just might need a little bit of time out until they figure out what the issue is. Um, that was a conversation I had with her when it first kind of came about that she was going to leave, that it might just be a short spell out. Um, they need to figure out what's going on. And from them, she could potentially work herself back into the game. Mm. Um, so by no means do I think it's it's over for her. Um, I th- probably think it's just a kind of a spell out to sort everything out. Is it kind of something that enters your mental psyche and drives you on? Do you do you think, right, we're going to go and do this for Courtney, we're going to go and win this league for Courtney, or is it something that you just put out of your mind because you're, you're so focused on games? Um, I mean, that for, for me, one main, our main aim, and has been now for two years, is, is to go up. Um, that, is Courtney's, that was Courtney's main aim as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, it's one of those things where Ideally, I think was it the first game after she she said she was no longer going to play. I think that was in the team talk. It had been yeah. said, let's go and go and smash it for her, because like Georgia said, she'd always be first to training. She put a lot into it. Um, I think she knows she's she's always going to be part of the squad, because obviously it is a team effort, and it's the case of she's been here she's what a season and a half in in since obviously. Yeah. She came up from from youth football. She played a lot with a lot of the girls for for quite a few years. Yeah, yeah. And I know I know Mel thinks a lot of her, um, as well as performance wise. Like I said, she she is a great player and she does have a lot of potential. It's obviously just sorting out those mm. those health issues first. It must have been extremely frustrating for her because after the foul game, I don't recall her playing that often really until maybe once or twice until the Barnsley game and then it's it's happened again. Was she, was she quite frustrated visibly that she wasn't playing? I think it's one of those things, until they could hit the nail on the head with what it was, it was always going to be a big risk. And it's, in terms of, when I say risk, I don't mean risk to us, it was more of a risk to ourself. Yeah. Um, and I think Mel was obviously aware of that, Courtney was aware of that. Um, I think, to be honest, Courtney understood the, the, the lesser time playing because it, it wasn't a case of... You've you've collapsed. Let's get you in. Let's get you back in. It's it's yeah. a case of 
we need to figure out why yeah, we need to figure out if, if it's capable if it's going to happen again um, I think all of the coaching staff as well as kind of players and Courtney herself were all a bit not worried about that but it was in the back of back of everyone's minds yeah yeah. Right, so we're going to throw it to some um, listener questions, if if that's all right with you. We've had a we've oh, had we've a, had some requests. We've had some requests, yeah. Um, Katie says you can ask Meg what has changed since she first joined. Um, I think she means generally at the club. Um, I could ask Georgia about her experiences in WSL one. We've already kind of covered that. Um, so yeah, Meg, what what's changed at the club since you since you first came? And, and um, how how long was it since since you first like years wise? I think I was I was eighteen. I think. Wow, so it's been a, lo- a long time. When I when I first joined Sunderland, um, we weren't at academy for one. Um, we were at Gateshead College up on the pitch, in the windy, freezing cold nights. Um, half a pitch each for development, and half a pitch each for first team. Um, we used to have the away games. If we'd stay away, we'd have to pay ten pound for our tea. Wow! Um, so <laughs> used to get get a carvery for for a tenner on an away game night. Um, in terms of that, I'd say a lot's changed. Um, obviously, we're in at the academy, got a lot more support. Training facilities are are second to none, really. Um, we always have a really nice bus going going down to wherever we are. Um, which which is a massive help for when we're, we're away week after week. I mean, we've had is it eight league games, seven have been away, um, and I think it's it's important to have those. Not not that it's like an amazing bus, but it's a nice bus. It's big, it it's roomy. Makes the bus driver is really friendly. <laughs> <laughs> like things like that make a big big difference. Um, so in terms of changes, I would say obviously facilities, mm-hmm. um, where we train and the little bits like for your tea and stuff like that so in, in terms of where the club was you feel a lot more supported now and a lot more backed um i mean yeah um obviously we, we've had a lot of backing especially this this season from from the men we've got obviously one club yeah um so i do feel like everyone is kind of on board with having we're having we're about now which is which is a great feeling because it, it hasn't always been like that yeah, for sure. Uh, just a couple of quick questions on the Women's World Cup as well. Um, England doing quite well, and and we touched on it earlier. Beth Mead, an ex-teammate, playing. How much does that kind of inspire and, and push you on? And, and do you think it'll have uh, a big effect on the women's game going forward in terms of its development? Um, I mean, Beth's, Beth's done great. Um, I'd have, in the World Cup, we'd have we'd have a chat before games, um, have a chat after. Um, and I think what Beth's done is created kind of a pathway in terms of belief for young girls. Um, there's a lot of young girls now who who do have the ambition. I think Jack Aaron and Neve being two of them who are quite capable of going in her direction. And I think that's that's been not not to say Beth created the pathway, but Beth has put a lot of hope I think in the northeast from from the journey she's been on. Um, well deserved. It, it it's taken a while for her to step into England, but it it's nothing more than well deserved. Um, and she's absolutely flying at Arsenal. Um, so in terms of kind of ambitions, I think she's she's set a pretty good bar now, which a lot of young young female players aim to achieve. Would you agree with that? Or? Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of people know how hard Beth worked as well. Yeah. Um, and just the type of person she is, and again, like not ahead of herself, very 
very similar to uh, Jekka and Neve in the sense that she just kind of took every game, training session as it came and always hoped for the best and obviously she's got there now but never put it too hard on herself. No, and I mean I that's why she's probably got there because she just enjoyed everything she did. Yeah, I remember when Beth, Beth was 16 and we were in and amongst the likes of Steph Bannon and stuff like that. It's important for older players to take younger players under their wings um, and show them kind of the, the right direction and the, the right attitude to have. Um, obviously, Beth Beth was extremely close with, with the likes of Bannon and Kelly Mack and stuff like that. And I think that probably did play a big part on her working towards where she's at now. Yeah. Um, a listener question from John, who goes to a lot of the games. John Hume, this is one for Georgia. We did touch on it a little bit earlier, but he wants to know how do you manage to recover um, between games <laughs> <laughs> with playing for both uh, the uni side and the lasses? Um, it's hard. Uh, I mean, you're out on a Monday night training for uni, you've got your Tuesday, Wednesday game, Thursday training. Uh, do, you must, do, you, do you eat or see your family at any point? <laughs> <laughs> well... If I, you, I mean, at uni there's also futsal quite heavily involved in your in your program. If if you've got time to play that, so you've got that on a Friday, games on a Saturday sometimes, games on a Sunday. So it can be seven days a week. Um, obviously you've got your part time jobs and stuff. You do for like so. I found myself during the beginning of the season. I was working on a Saturday night and I'd finish work at midnight, go home, get off, go to the team bus for like eight nine o'clock in the morning, and you're just tired. But I think you just you've got to get yourself into a routine. And I think a lot of like the likes of Louise and Bridget and um, Faye and Molly, who have also played uni football, it, you, there's a reason you're doing it. You, you want to be there, so you, you get yourself there and you do it and you recover and you go again. Um, yeah. Is there a risk you could burn out, though, if, you, if you've got all of those commitments? Absolutely. I think, I know for myself, um, last season, uh, two years ago, I tore my MCL at the end of the season and I purely put that down to tiredness uh, hadn't recovered I was actually playing a futsal final and and I got quite a bit of stick for it like why are you doing so much kind of rein it in a bit uh, last season um, the Tuesday night before my books final for uni I tore my quad and it was kind of like I'm, I'm doing too much here like it's getting to the end of the season you, you do hit you hit a brick wall and it's just being mature enough to to recognise that you, you need to say no sometimes or take a session off. Cool, and John's got a, a further question which is on a slightly lighter note. He says it's very important. Um, do either of you like pineapple on pizza? Absolutely not. I think it's disgusting, personally. It's an awful on me, I'm afraid. I'm really sorry, knows. John, if you do. <laughs> You've got to keep your sweet and savoury separate for me. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I completely Actually, agree. I'm an athlete. I don't eat pizza. <laughs> is, is the right answer. <laughs> that's, a, that's also a complete lie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, final one from me. Uh, thank you both for, for coming on, but where do you see this season ending? If you could put a, a prediction on it now. Just to put you on the spot nicely for the last question. Don't want to jinx anything, but I think we're a very good position for promotion. It's what I am. It has been since since the very start. Um, everyone has the same aim, which is extremely important. Um, do I think it's it's capable? We're capable of it, one hundred percent. I think um, no one doubts it. I think that's a very. We take it. We take it week by week, which I think is very important. Um, we're confident, yet we don't get ahead of ourselves. So that is the aim. Hopefully, me and George will come back at the end <laughs> and say we've did it. But 
yeah that's why that's where we're heading for that's great thank you very much for joining us thank you for having me once again thank you very much to meg beer and georgia gibson for coming on our podcast but don't go anywhere just yet because we've got a little bit of extra content for you what follows is a conversation between myself phil smith and richard Minear on the future for sunderland afc ladies and what new investment could mean for the ladies side of the game David asks, uh, will the Sunderland ladies gain any benefit from the new investment, do you think? It's been stated that the academy will benefit, and Stuart Donald stated previously on one of the last podcasts that they intended to have the under-23s and ladies play at the Academy of Light. Could that mean investment in infrastructure, I think? Uh, sorry, do you think? Um, it was fairly clear, wasn't it, where the investment was going to go, Phil, in terms of that kind of structure and scouting and academy and, and things like that? Do you think that will be the, the main focus, presumably? Yeah, I think so. I think... Um no, I think it's a it's it's a good question though, and it's you know it's it's worth dwelling on just how well that that team is doing this season. Mm. Um, they're kind of doing. Um, I'm sure James will agree with me here. They're doing what the men's team have, have, have failed to do this season. They they had a good campaign last year, given everything that had gone on, but they started probably like the men's just from too far out to go and get promotion, particularly in a tough division where only one team went up. Um, they did a fantastic job and what they've done really well this year is they've used the summer to actually kick on mm. they've kept the core of that team together but they've strengthened it and they're doing amazingly well this year winning games all types of games um, you know James wrote this week about it, a couple of incredible goals and a great win against Stoke last weekend and obviously that means as, as, as Mark our colleague wrote this week that they can begin to hopefully start thinking about getting back into the top two tiers and having those discussions with the FA and what I think we could all agree on is that whatever needs to be done to get that application and get that that um, that project in the best possible shape for that needs to be done because you know this it's a massive um, massive opportunity to, to to grow the game in this part of the world. Um, Sunderland's production line continues to be fantastic. We continue to produce really really good players from this region. And, and hopefully that's something that the club can, can really, really get behind and deliver because on the pitch at the moment, the team's delivering. Mm. So hopefully off the pitch, everything has been done to make sure that it can go to the next level because we know we've seen from the players that we've produced that everything is in place to have a really, really successful team that we can be proud of. At the moment, we have one of those and, and hopefully everything can get done over the next few months to, to ensure that it can go to the next level. Um, James is going to be recording a special podcast um, shortly after this one which we'll have in the next couple of days with a couple of members of the CFC ladies team um, James I know it's a passion of yours would you agree with that sentiment from uh, yes I would I think you've um, so on the one hand you've got to praise the current ownership uh, Stuart Donald and Charlie Methven have come in they've given the ladies team the support uh, social media usage has increased across both platforms um, they're doing a lot more to support the women. They're back playing at Hetton, although they're playing at Hebben for a couple of games because of the fire damage and fixture clashes and stuff like that. So in terms of that point of view, Stuart Donald and Charlie Methman have been really supportive. You can't really knock them for that. But then, you know, sport is meritocratic, so you hope that if Sunderland do get promoted, it's it's looking like they are. That team has to go up and that team has to be funded, I think. Um, that That's just something that has to happen. I think failure to agree on that plan with the FA or the proposal would um would be a serious failure on their on their ownership. And you know that the ladies game's kinda of generating a bit of um a bit of money at the moment. I know Sunderland as a club benefited from the seven players that were in the Lionesses squad in the World Cup. Be interested to know where that money's gone. Um 
and it would be nice as David rightly points out or asks if there could be some sort of infrastructure put in place for the women because if they if they go up to the championship you know there's they're going to have to be contracts they're not contracted at the moment in terms of getting a regular wage so there, there will be have there will have to be part-time contracts to sort out but hopefully um i mean if if the current ownership is anything to go by that should be that should be something they'll be willing to do. Sunderland ladies are next in action against Loughborough Foxes. The first time the ladies have been at home for a while. That game will be at the Energy Check Sports Ground in Hebben. The postcode's NE311. UN. Admission is £3 for adults, £1 for concessions and £1.50 for Sunderland season card holders. Thank you very much for joining us. This has been the Raw Podcast brought to you by the Sunderland Agro.